Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we are giving you scriptural motivation and scriptural strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. Listen, friend, do not delay. Accept Jesus today. Hallelujah. Now is, today is the day of your salvation. And listen, maybe you were born again many years ago. You came to faith, as they say. You accepted Jesus, but you know, you have fallen away and you've become a couch potato. I'm telling you, friend, he wants to get you back in the game. He's, he, he, he's a great coach. He, he's he's going to get you into some conditioning. Yeah, you're going to learn how to put the flesh under. But you know what? He is going to build you, develop you, strengthen you, and then he's going to put you out there on the front lines. Hallelujah. You'll be a first stringer. Oh, thank you, Lord, for it. All right, well, let's get into the podcast today. And uh, we're going to go on a little bit further uh, with kind of a thought that I've been on, uh, been just delving into the scriptures about meditating on. Uh, We did one last week. Uh, You can go in the archives. We're on pretty much every available podcast platform and you can check it out uh check out all the archives you know there's uh, over a hundred episodes that we've done we're actually on year three of doing a weekly podcast so thank you so much uh, for those of you that have been on this journey with us i pray that we have given you um something that has been beneficial to you uh our goal is to literally give you scriptural strategies and motivation so that you can get out there and get some things done and I pray that we have accomplished that and we will continue to accomplish that. By the way, uh, as far as the podcast goes, I want to say thank you to anybody who has just believed in us. You've shared it. You've communicated it. You've shared it with a friend. Uh, you've tuned in. You've stayed hooked with us. You've contributed in some way. I want to say thank you. There's some great things coming. And uh, I'll have some more information here soon, but we're going to launch an official podcast studio project. We've got some a, a building, a facility on our property here in arkansas that is dormant and the lord has given us vision for that and so we're going to be building it out as our new podcast studio and also we're going to do like a a interview style studio set in that facility as well so more to come i'll give you some more details to come but i just kind of want to wet your whistle if you want to participate in that project help us take the grace for the city podcast to the next level then uh that opportunity will soon be available to you hallelujah So stay tuned for those details. All right, let's get into this. So this is the power of imagination part two. Let's recap slightly here. So I want to give you uh, some definitions to substantiate what we're talking about here. And then I'm going to thoroughly bathe this in scripture. And uh, here's why we want to do that, because we want to demystify this. We want to strip away the mysticism and the shroud of darkness uh, that's trying to keep you unaware to what the Lord really has in mind for you. And, uh, you know, when we when we think about the imagination, I 
I believe the first place that it's used in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 6. And there he says that he looked upon mankind and he was displeased because of this right here, that they continually use their imagination to devise evil. Now, he was not upset with the gift or the tool of imagination that he inbuilt in his people. No, he was displeased in how they were utilizing it. He said they're using their imagination to devise evil rather than using their imagination to devise good. They were utilizing their imagination. By the way, the power of darkness was also usurping, taking advantage of their imagination to introduce them to things that were to be um, kept in the dark, okay? Dark things were coming to light, so to speak, and uh, they were manipulating people. Uh, they were using their imagination in short. I'm just jumping in here. All right. We don't have time to, to spend too much time around the outline. We need to get right down into the crux of the matter. They were using their imagination uh, as a gateway to the spiritual realm. Unfortunately, they were working with demons in order to do that. And so these demonic forces, these dark influences were usurping, manipulating these people's imaginations to devise evil. And God looked upon that and he said, no, I am displeased at that. Then we see a few chapters later, a few chapters later in Genesis 11, where he said, listen, if I don't do something about this because of the power of imagination, nothing will be impossible to them or for them. Remember that? Then we see Babel happened. Babel basically means confusion, uh, scrambling. And we see a byproduct of a scrambled imagination is an inability to communicate very clearly. And uh, because you're not able to articulate something that that you don't clearly have envisioned. And so we see that the diversity of languages was definitely a byproduct of uh, the ability of the imagination and to get people to clearly communicate exactly what they're envisioning was confused. Now, we believe that the new in the new testament through the power of the holy spirit that much if not all of that has been restored back to the body of christ where now we can work with the holy ghost and because of the power of the holy spirit we can communicate clearly uh we can articulate clearly because now we our vision the light of his word has brought accurate understanding and vision, the confusion, the um, uh, scrambling, if you will, has or is being restored, maybe even progressively being restored as we mature in him, growing up into the full stature of the head, the head function. That's where, uh, you know, part of the imagination utilizes the mind. Uh, Those words are interchanged uh, several times throughout the scriptures. But uh, that's being restored to us, all right? So we want to get into this and say, look, why has this been shrouded in such mysticism and darkness? Well, number one, the enemy doesn't want you to know about it. He's, he's fighting for access to your imagination. God isn't necessarily fighting for it, but he is definitely revealing to you that uh, it's a part of your makeup. It's a tool that you need to become more acquainted with, and, in spe- and, and specifically, you need to learn how to intentionally utilize it to your own advantage and to the advantage of the kingdom. Hallelujah. 
All right, so we said this last week. We said Proverbs 23, 7, or the Bible said it, and we looked at it. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we, we see this principle all throughout the scriptures. Uh, Romans 10, 10 says that you believe with the heart. You don't believe with your mind. You believe with your heart. The mind agrees with something. The imagination uh, is a derivative of impulse, whether it's naturally derived or spiritually, okay? But your mind takes that and works with that picture, with the images. It And it, it zeroes or zooms in, maybe is a better way of saying it. It zooms in on the details of the picture created by the impulse, the words, all things are upheld by words, okay? So he, the entrance of his words giveth light. We're gonna look at this passage in Habakkuk where Habakkuk says, I'm gonna watch what he says. So he, words create these images and these images then are thousands of words. There is such detail, there is such data embedded in these images and our mind will go and just pull revelation and revelation and and depth and understanding out of these things and our mind and our imagination what it'll do is is it'll become so familiar it will become so locked in it will have such clarity on what it's seeing and envisioning that it'll say i agree and once your mind agrees is renewed unto a thing it's conformed to a thing remember romans says don't be conformed to the world conformity is not bad it's just what you're conforming to he says don't be conformed to the world but be transformed or experience transformation metamorphico come on you're a you know the metamorphosis is the uh, caterpillar to butterfly so you might be a caterpillar now but god's wanting you to come into a fullness of who you are that that would be the butterfly say so, uh, but don't be conformed to the world. Rather, experience transformation by conforming to him, conforming to his words, conform yourself to his imagery, mold yourself after what you see based on what he's telling you. Don't mold yourself based on what you see on what the world's telling you or the flesh is telling you, okay? And once you come into a place where your mind is being renewed what is renewal, mind renewal? It's changing the way you think. You used to agree with the impulses of the natural. Now your mind is changing. You're agreeing now with the impulses from the spirit realm. Once you begin to do that, you prove, same word there means allow. Once you agree with spiritual things, it's like you open a doorway to allow God's perfect will into your life people argue well you know i just don't know i just don't know about that i just don't know about that i don't know if that's real you know i just haven't you know i don't know god's perfect will well it's because you haven't allowed it you've been agreeing with contradictory things the natural remember the story of abraham and uh what is that romans 4 he said that he did not consider the deadness of not only his own body but of sarah's womb he did not consider that what the natural said as fact had any bearing on what he was getting from the spirit realm, what the Lord told him, what 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 was revealed to him. A lot of people are not proving God because they're allowing contradictory things uh, to dominate their mind. Therefore, their mind is agreeing with contradictory things, and they'll never prove they'll never prove God. Prove same word as allow. As long as you conform to natural things, you will never allow spiritual things. 
Um, you know, that's not rocket science, folks. That's just, that's, that's basic Bible. Uh, this is why I said, if you've been raised with Christ, set your mind, mind, imagination, set your meditation, your imagination, set your thinking on things above. Why? Because whatever you put in front of you is going to fight for your agreement. Agreement then, we could say it like this, agreement equals opening or allowing or proving a thing. So again, you don't believe with your mind, you believe with your heart. Your spirit man, Paul said in Romans 7, he says, man, I delight according to the inward man to do according to the law of God. You don't, um, let me say it like this, in the spirit realm, your spirit is alive unto God right now. It's, it's not arguing God's reality. What's arguing God's reality? Your mind. Because your mind is, it, it, uh, that, uh, that spiritual reality, I, I don't like this word, but I'm going to use it. That spiritual reality is fighting for your mind's uh, agreement. But so is the natural. And uh, why is your mind in the middle of this? Why is your soul in the middle of this? Well, because your body only knows natural things. Your spirit man's born again, so now it's awakened to spiritual things. But your soul, James says, has to be brought into a renewal or a saving by the implanting of the word. So your mind has only known natural things, and it, it's become very accustomed to agreeing with those things as the absolute truth or the final uh, answer on the matter. But all of a sudden, when you were born again, now you're introduced to a whole nother realm of possibilities, and your mind is now like going, well, do I believe that's true or do I believe this is true? It's known, been most intimate and acquainted with natural things. Therefore, it's got to be renewed out of that reality that that's not the final word on the matter. And so it's kind of like you're, you're, you're struggling. This is why people say you can have faith in your heart, but doubt in your mind. Well, you're going to have to get your mind to agree. Uh, you're going to have to get set your eyes on things above and uh, not look so much on the natural things. Again, Abraham said in Romans, he, he said, look, I, I can't consider that uh, I'm past age. Sarah's, is, Sarah's past age. We're supposed to be physically incapable. She's barren. I don't have the natural faculties anymore. She doesn't have the natural faculties anymore to produce a child in the natural I mean, that would settle the issue for most people right there. You, you get an x-ray, you, you, get a, uh, uh, you get an MRI, you get some sort of radiation, you know, imagery where they can see this and see, see that and say, hey, man, you know, hey, scientifically, I mean, naturally speaking, scientifically speaking, you don't, you're dead. Your womb is dead. You don't, I mean, you don't have the stuff, bro. Like you are incapable of doing this in the natural. And God says, hey, well, let me introduce you to something that's higher than this reality. And what did Abraham say? Hey, I had to keep myself on that. I had to consider that he who said was faithful and that he could call those things that be not as though they are. And so he said, I, I could not consider the contradictory reality as the final word on the situation. Well, where in the world do you get a, uh, where do you get, let me see how to, how to say this. Where was he getting uh, the knowledge of and the ability to uh, or the confidence in that something would dominate the natural reality? He got it out of the spirit realm. He got it out of the spirit realm. So let's go all the way back here. So as a man thinks in his heart, 
Uh, what you say when you don't know what you're saying is what you really believe. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is that? Well, your mind's already gone through an agreement process and um, it, 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 will, uh, it will factor things in and it will uh, create imagery and it will create pictures and it will chart a destination for you based on what you believe how, as it's processing the incoming data, whether it's dominantly natural or dominantly spiritual, your mind and your imagination. Uh, I'm going to show you this here in a second. That's where conception takes place and it's going to chart a course for you. And so you say, well, what do I really believe about a situation? Well, you believe what you really see. And you may not think about this often, but you don't think in words, you think in pictures. Um, and so what you really see, how you really see yourself uh, is the real, real question. Some people aren't aware, meaning they're not cognitive. It's not something they think about every day. They don't, they don't, they don't talk where they're, let me say it like this. They don't realize that they're talking, that they're absolute losers, but that's what you believe about yourself. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you may not th just go, man, you're such a loser. But your, but the imagery and the imagination and the th the thoughts that you allow to float around paint a picture that you're in a losing position rather than a winning one, and uh, you may end up saying certain things you don't even realize you're saying until I was uh, maybe some me or some someone else would be able to catch you and say, hey, this is what you just said. Do you believe that? And some people are simply unaware of the overall paradigm they have of themselves. Well, how do you change that? Well, you, 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 you have to get input from a whole nother source. Hallelujah, somebody. I told you we're just going to jump right into this. So the Bible says in Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart. Why? Because everything flows out of that. Um, let me see here. Let me skip ahead here. Proverbs 29, 18, we touched on this last week. Let me give you this one more time because this is, this, this is phenomenal. I mean, this is so profound. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. Vision is defined, Webster's 1828 dictionary, something unseen. Now, this is vision. And um, yeah, I'll get to that in a second because we're going to look at Habakkuk. Vision, Webster's 1828, is defined as something unseen imagined to be seen. Something unseen imagined to be to be seen. How do you see an unseen thing? Well, God inbuilt you with a thing, a tool, a gift called imagination. Your imagination is the tools that you use in order to conceptualize or visualize a thing that is currently unseen. Maybe it's wrapped up in a mystery. What are Bible mysteries? Hidden things. Okay. Now the devil will try and hide stuff from you. That's another a thought. We'll talk about that maybe. But when God wraps something in a mystery, he's not hiding it from you. He's hiding it for you until the time of its revealing. And it could be a stature thing. It could be a maturity thing. It could be a growth thing. Why certain things are hidden for you, not hidden from you, but they're hidden so the enemy doesn't know. All things of the future are hidden. The devil does not know the future, friend. Only God knows the future. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah. Only God knows the future. So that knowledge or reality, the Bible says he's already been into the future. So it's already existing. 
that reality is hidden in a mystery. Again, not from you, for you. Well, when God begins to talk to you about it, how do you begin to conceptualize something you can't see? Because he will give you a word and that word, your imagination will take that word and it will begin to conceive or conceptualize, visualize an image, a vision will begin to be formed based upon his words. Oxford Dictionary defines vision as the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination. That's the Oxford Dictionary, friends. I didn't make that up. It is the ability, come on, the ability. Where did you get that ability? God designed it. God created it. He designed it. Now, the devil, he's a twister, perverter, cheater, deceiver, liar, okay? He can't create anything. He has figured out a way to manipulate you into using your imagination to devise evil. He has usurped people through the power of darkness, deception, lies, cheating. And what he tries to do is he gets you to utilize your imagination to see evil, okay, or to conceive evil. God didn't design your imagination to work with him. God designed your imagination to work with him. Because he wants uh, to deliver word to you and he wants to work together with you to rule and reign. He wants to work with you to conceive the future. Hallelujah. Oh, he's good like that. Oh, thank you, Father. You know, depending on your level of spiritual maturity here, let me throw this out there. We're the bride of Christ, right? The born again believer, the church, the ecclesia, the Bible says, is the bride of Christ. And uh, so, therefore, we carry the womb. Well, what's that womb for? It's for conceiving. He is the word, right? Jesus is the word. Our head, the head, the head, head of the body. Metaphorically, we're the bride, okay? We're also the body. He's the head. Come on, somebody. But what is he doing? He is, he's working with it. He wants to work with us. He wants to develop He wants to work with us to conceive the future. He wants to work with us and utilize our imagination to conceptualize, visualize, come on, to put substance to a thing that is uh, lacking substance. Hallelujah, somebody. You You see the partnership there? You see the collaboration there? Phenomenal collaboration. All right, so vision. Uh, another online dictionary describes vision as conception via imagination. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, just do a Google search, friends. Uh, you know, do your own research. Back up what I'm telling you. But I'm saying this is substantiated. It's just floating out there. People haven't put the pieces together. So uh, some uh, online dictionary de- described vision as conception via imagination. Another online dictionary Uh, describes or defines vision as the image of something produced by imagination. Um, If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. How do you look at a thing not seen? (laughs) Let me read the rest of that verse. For the things which are seen are temporary, 
but the things which are not seen are eternal. Not seen does not mean doesn't exist. Something can exist, but be hidden. You understand that? That's the spiritual dimension. But how, what tooling, I mean, if we're told scripturally, literally, scripturally, and maybe I'll do a podcast and I'll compile all the biblical references that are encouraging you to see with spiritual eyes, to see spiritual things. Literally, it comes right out and says, I want you to see something that can't be seen. <laughs> What's he referring to? With natural eyes, it can't be seen. Well, what, what, what inbuilt gift, what inbuilt tool do you have that God designed in you that is intentionally structured in such a way to see or conceive or visualize, come on, conceptualize something that is not seen? your imagination. I'm telling you, the devil is after your imagination. From birth, he is fighting to fill up your imagination with other things. Television, tele-TV, television. Uh, nothing wrong with the electronic piece of equipment, but how that piece of equipment is utilized to transfer, come on, catalytic uh, seed bed catalyst for a seed bed of people's imaginations has been usurped and manipulated to the nth degree. Stuff that comes across the TV uh, becomes the seed bed for little kids' imaginations. They are literally experiencing spiritual dimensions because of images, come on, that have come across the television and it gets into the imagination, and for the next three months, six months, 10 years, kids are being tormented by spirits of fear, by uh, demonic encounters. Why? Because they're meditating on the image of a spirit, uh, a, a, a minion, an imp, a demon, a dark force, a spell, an incantation, a divination, something of evil. Remember, he in Genesis 6, God didn't condemn the imagination itself. He condemned what was being produced through the imagination. Now, listen, we have a TV. You know, there, there, were, te uh, there were teachings, there were movements years ago that tried to ban all TVs. Well, how stupid was that? Uh, I heard Jesse Duplantis one time say that, uh, you, know, you know, when it swelled up, yeah, I don't know. This was back in the 80s, maybe late 70s, early 80s, something like that. You know, there was a big movement. There were whole entire denominations that one of the things they were known for is none of their people had TVs, except for the ones that had TVs that nobody knew about. Uh, but, but it was like, you know, hey, look at us. We don't have TVs. Well, I get what you're trying to do. But when we said, hey, we don't want anything to do with the technology to cast images, who, who, who took over? Who stepped in and bought up television stations, satellite technology? Can you imagine? In the wrong hands, in the wrong hands, the ability to transmit and to push catalytic ideas 
words and images that become the seedbeds for people's torments and addictions for years upon years end upon end. When when we abdicated, saying, look, let's grab a hold of this tech technology so that we can present to people something holy, pure. Um, remember that passage, think on these things, you know, things that are pure, things that are true, that are of a good report, things that are peaceful. When we abdicated the technology that was able to transmit those things and give people a seedbed of things to think on, look at the results, friends. Look, look at the results. I mean, my goodness, there is an entire, uh, I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want my podcast to be um, censored. But if you're uh, a current, currently aware of what's going on right now in the month of March and April of 2022, there's an entire industry that had been dedicated to children's entertainment, uh, theme parks, movies, and particularly animated movies. And you see what's coming out now from the executive level, from the creator level, the internal imagination of the people that are in charge of how the movies are scripted, characters that are in these movies, content that is in these movies, the vision behind how they see children, what they're wanting to introduce children to. All, all this is coming out right now from the executive level down, from the from the executive creator level down, we are finding out what has been their imaginations of their heart, the evil that they've been devising in their heart. Now they are putting it in images being cast across movies and other interactive elements, video games from uh, the whole experience. What is that? They are putting something in front of you to put your imagination on. So listen, the tooling, the technology is not bad, okay? Uh, it's how you are utilizing it or what is your motive or the intent behind what you're trying to get into somebody's mind. Listen, you talk about crossing boundaries. It's when you're trying to get into my heart space. That's diabolical. But I'm telling you, that is what um, that is what the enemy's after. What are you setting your eyes on? What are you setting your ears on? What are you relying on? The natural impulse from the natural world, or spiritual impulse uh, pulse from a spiritual world? Although that could be uh, demonic as well. And so you're going to have to set your imagination on the appropriate things, friends. Because out of it flows all the issues of your life. That's what the Bible says. There's no other way around it. And it is creating imagery. It's creating a vision for you. you see, someone says, what's your vision? You know, Do you have a vision? What's your life's vision? Someone say, man, I don't really have a vision. Well, that's not true. You have a vision. You, you've been staring at something. You have been uh, uh, using your imagination, maybe unintentionally but or involuntarily, but it's still working. But you have used it to devise a direction for your life. I'm asking, I'm arresting you right now saying, where are you going? Uh, so you say, well, I don't really have a vision. Well, yes, you do. But you are unaware of really where that vision's taking you. You don't understand that there are issues that are going to be coming out of your heart based on what you've been thinking upon focusing on, uh, in imagining, meditating, 
keeping alive in your heart. It's producing your beliefs about stuff. Listen, let me tell you this, like during the um, previous election cycle, we saw the power of this, of the power of suggestive thought uh, with various conspiratorial uh, elements, even like we even discovered that there were nations, entire nations that were using information warfare as a tactic in the last election cycle. They understand the power of an image coming across your Facebook page that ha- utilizes children or whatever. And man, I am all for the end, the total eradication of like sex trafficking, child abuse, and all of that. But I'm telling you that there were fake, phony, it was distractions, it was divinations. They were utilizing images to get people down a rabbit trail to detract or to deter them from the real thing that was going on. And so many people got wrapped up because their hearts got involved in it. Yes, you want to end sex trafficking. Yes, you want to stop child abuse and child preterism and all that kind of stuff. But there were so many fake, phony, deceptive imaginations, thoughts. Listen, it's spiritual warfare. And people got off track. And they were following things that have been proven time and time and time and time and time and time and time time again as to be fake. And that's the sad thing about it. And I think that's part of the intention is to dilute the reality of sex trafficking by uh, disappointing people time and time and time and time again with these, I mean, elaborately devised fake realities. People were following these things as if they were real. Why? Because the imaginations of your heart are real. I mean, you put your heart and soul into it. Like you, you get passionate about it. But listen, are you getting passionate about something that's real or are you being is your imagination being usurped intentionally to get you off track? Remember uh, that scripture, it says that uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. That has been used against people on social issues, on political issues. It's affected the church. It's affected how people are planning. Some people are planning right now. They have this negative, cataclysmic, uh, apocalyptic, like I believe, you know, in the uh, per, the outworking of uh, how Revelations describes the end times. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's not true. What I'm saying is they're applying certain things to now that aren't for now. Their imaginations have devised such fear and you are responding out of that. People are directing their entire lives after what they have devised in their imagination. I'm just asking you. I am arresting you, saying, hey, wait, 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 wait. Just think. Where are you getting your thought? Has the devil usurped your imagination? Has Have you allowed him to get in through fear? Have you allowed him to put an image of something that isn't true? Again, hope deferred makes the heart sick. This is what I'm saying as far as like the sex trafficking, the child abuse, the preterism and things that are going on there. So much of that is so phony that, that people, it's like they, they've lost hope. They, they don't know what's true. And so where there is real uh, uh, things happening, um, people aren't devoting their attention to that because they've been, their hearts have been made sick. The hope's deferred. Listen, tunnels and different things going on. Listen, the vast majority of that is not true. Uh, there's been a hundred different, at least a hundred, may, maybe more. But in the last 
four years, there's been 100 very elaborately devised schemes about tunnels under people's house where they've been trafficking kids. And not one of them stories have been true. Uh, I have people, close friends that are believers. They love Jesus. They work with law enforcement. They work with these. None of that is substantiated. But see, that's detracting from the real uh, child predator acts that are happening. And so there's not attention being given to the real things um, because people are over here uh, using their imagination, the devil's involved, to um, dilute the reality of where you could be putting your real attention. It's a bait and switch, friends. Uh, stop giving yourself to those types of, uh, uh, of, uh, of things because where there is real effort, they need help, they need finances, they need support, that needs to be promoted, not, not this crazy garbage. And uh, so this, the, the enemy is constantly after our imagination. And, uh, you know, during, during, during the last uh, presidential cycle, there were people in the church that were listening to this guy who supposedly had intel who was having sex with aliens. And it's like, wait a second, did, did you do any backstory on the guy that has a child with some alien princess from another planet? Now, here's the reality of that guy. I, I call him Alien Boy. He is, he is having encounters with demons. He thinks they're aliens. They're demons. There is no such thing as aliens. They're demons. They are demon spirits. He's very keen. This guy was very keen to the spiritual realm. He was fellowshipping with demons, having sexual encounters with demons. And then he had a little bit of uh, what they call intel on the election cycle. And people garbled this garbage up as if it was actual prophetic utterance from a man of God. And I was like, no, 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 this guy is fellowshipping with demons. Do you not see the distraction here? And so what does that do? It dilutes. That's what the enemy's after. He wants to get your gaze. He wants to get your imagination. And so people were literally opening up their hearts to this guy who's fellowshipping with demons so that he could rattle off a little fairy tale to them. But they took it as real. And some people were literally adjusting their decisions based on what Alien Boy was saying. This is how, uh, the, this is the warfare over your heart space. This is the warfare over your imagination. This is the warfare over what's occupying your mind. Remember what he said, if you've been raised with Christ, Colossians chapter three, if you've been born again, set your mind or your imagination where? on things above where Christ is. And I, this is what I tell people. If you're somewhere in your imagination and you can't locate Christ, okay, if you're somewhere in your imagination and you, and you can't locate the light of truth, the light of his word, you need to get out of there. You are somewhere you don't need to be, friend. And the reality is, because the imagination is the gateway to the spiritual realm, you may be somewhere in the spirit realm and not even know it. And I'm, I'm telling you how phenomenal that is. I mean, wow. But if you're there without Christ, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And people spent months fellowshipping with Alien Boy. And and I just have to say, hey, look, where where where. Where was Jesus? Where was the light of his word? Did, 
did you double check this fantastical, uh, you know, concocted, conducted, organized foray into a spiritual place? Did you check that out with the word? This, this is why I'm saying that was a divination, a divination, a spirit of Python. Uh, we saw just slither into the church. This, the devil is after. So you, you, you've, you've got to lock him out. You've got to block him out. And if he can get in there, he, 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 can, he can construct, remember this, a stronghold, a strong, a, such a vivid image of something that has exalted itself, exalted itself against or above the knowledge of God. And if he can get that image and it becomes so vivid to you, there's a good chance you'll, you'll believe it. I mean, there's a lot of truth in um, seeing is believing. The Bible doesn't deny seeing as substantial to believing. What he told Doubting Thomas was, listen, blessed are them who believe before they have seen. Downing Thomas was like, man, you know, until something in the natural substantiates this, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe it. Jesus didn't deny that seeing substantiates. Uh, so there is a lot of truth in seeing is believing. You know, you say, well, you know, I don't believe in angels, you know, I, I, I don't believe in angels. Well, uh, until you see one, right? And then it's hard, it's hard to argue that. Or, you know, so aliens, since I brought that up. I, I mean, I am, I have, I, I mean, I fully believe that somebody has seen something that looks like what we classically know and, and, uh, sci-fi has substantiated through their imagery, what an alien looks like, but it's not an alien. It's a demon that took on a form that we now call aliens. And I'm telling you, the devil's going to utilize that more in the future as well. Um, you know, especially now, since there's, you know, been this under rush, of supposedly classified information that's been released uh, concerning this. What are those? Um, you see something moving in the air? I believe you, but it's a demon, <laughs> hallelujah, or an angel. It's the reality of spiritual senses. People are, uh, some are keen to spiritual reality. Maybe you're less keen, but you can develop it. Uh, how would you develop your keenness to spiritual things? Through the gift of meditation. Now I'm, not, now, I'm not talking about yoga garbage or some Eastern whatever. I'm saying the Bible says, meditate on my words. Keep them before you. Uh, keep them in your eyes and ears. Isn't that what the Bible says? I mean, we're, we're told that constantly, 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 constantly. All this mystics, this mysticism, new age, uh, all this kind of stuff utilizes the gift of the imagination but perverts it, or let me say it like this, the dark, the evil will manipulate you to utilize that to uh, open your eyes, so to speak, and usurp you. People are literally uh, cutting covenant. They're coming into covenant or contracts with demons because they're aware now of something supernatural or otherworldly or alienistic. Uh, that wasn't there before. Man, I don't argue with people. You think you saw Bigfoot? Sure, you probably did, but it wasn't It wasn't an animal. It was a demon. <laughs> you saw Bigfoot? Probably, yeah. You know, all these shows on the paranormal, something moved. Yeah, probably did. 
I believe it. Why? Because of the reality of forces behind the scene or in a realm that is unseen. Well, how did people develop their ability to see these things? Through the imagination. Uh, people say, man, you're, you're, you just, your imagination is just running off. Well, it, 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 it is with a demon. There's a demon navigating him, uh, knowingly or unknowingly, through some sort of stupid uh, act, a ritual, a this, a that, a position, a bodily position, um, a pencil, a mirror, a chant, a this, a that, a spell, a saying. They opened the door. They connected themselves with the demon. And yeah, their, their imagination is on full tilt in the wrong direction. Hallelujah. He said, renew your mind. Don't empty your mind. Fill your mind up on what? Things above. Think on these things, the Bible says. What things? Things of the light. Things that are pure. Remember, remember Paul said? He said, there's things we don't even mention. Don't think on those things. What happens if you think on those things that we're not even supposed to talk about? Guess where, you, guess where your mind's going to go? Guess what's going to be opened up to you? You're going to see things that you wish you hadn't seen. You know, there's a lot of truth to that statement. There's just some stuff that's hard to not see. One, one, once you've seen it, it's hard to unsee something, right? Isn't that what the, that, that, that statement? There's a lot of truth to that. Um, but instead of allowing your mind to go to places to see things that darkness wants to introduce you to, uh, what does that verse say? Let me get you the exact passage. Let me, this, this is phenomenal here. How long? Okay, I'm almost done here. Uh, corrupt communication. Let me get the reference. I didn't have this ahead of time. Uh, let's see. Or, or it's a e evil company corrupts good character. Is that is that the Bible verse? Right here. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three. Bad company corrupts good character. Um, let's see, there's another translation that says it a different way. But the idea here is that corrupted influence. What if, if, if you take a thought that's been perverted, whether it's sexual, murderous, maybe it's something uh, that would fit in the category of idolatry, um, covetousness, these forbidden things. If you set your mind on that, it's corrupted. It's corrupted imagery. It's corrupted communication. It's corrupted conception. If you think on that, let's say uh, that you're a good person, <laughs> but you set your imagination on evil things. The Bible says that eventually, now it may not happen overnight, but eventually if you set your vision on something corrupted, it's going to pull you in a direction you don't want to go. You can prove this. I mean, don't, but let me tell you how you could. Uh, if you get in your car and you're driving down the road and if you turn your head to the left or to the right off of where you're, uh, were intending on going, when you move your sight, when you turn your gaze, when you adjust your vision and you hold it there, what's going to happen? Eventually, your whole body begins to turn. And if you're not watchful, this is how people get into accidents. 
they looked off course and turned the car, maybe inadvertently, maybe accidentally, maybe unknowingly. But your vision, come on, pulls you. Vision compels you. Vision calls to you. And so when you set your eyes, when you move your eyes, so this is why I'm saying corrupted imagery, corrupted communication, bad company, bad influences, bad words. You know, I heard Andrew Womack say something recently that to sit there and to watch uh, sinful activities and consider it entertainment and think that it's not going to affect you, he says, my friend, you are deceived. To utilize the tool, the technology, uh, the digital technology, the electronic technology, to watch imagery of corrupted sinful acts and activities and to just consider it entertainment and think that it does not have a bearing on you or will not affect your imagination is literally welcome to deception friend the bible will substantiate that in several ways now you may not be cognitive of it meaning um you may dream about it in the nighttime but a lot of people they fluff off dreams like it's nobody oh i had that dream i didn't realize i was you know, doing that to that person or encountering that sin or engaging in that sin or interacting with that sin or doing that thing I know I shouldn't do or whatever in my dreams. Oh, it's, it, that's not, 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 not real. It's not real. I mean, it's not real. Where is it really happening? It's really happening in the realm of your imagination. And uh, remember, Jesus said, if a man looks upon a woman with lust in his heart, with the intention or motive to commit the act with her, he said that he considered that done, meaning he judged the act of the imagination or the conceptualizing or the visualizing of the act in the realm of the imagination. He considered it equal or judgeable as sin as if you did it in the natural. And some says, well, I'm, I'm safe because I've never actually done that in the natural. Well, what if he checks up on your imagination? Remember, he said in Samuel, man looks at the outside. So all your friends, they don't see you committing adultery or fornication or sleeping around your husband or your wife. So they, they think you're good because they're looking at the outside. God checks up on the what? Remember what he said? He said, I look at the heart. What, and, 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 and what produces your belief? What frames your reality? Well, your mind, your imagination your heart hallelujah so if he considers now i've kind of you know i've i've in the course of our conversation i've kind of stayed on one side of this conversation let me flip it really quick over here because i want i want, I want to encourage you to intentionally uh maneuver your imagination in a particular direction because it's, it's going to work for you whether you realize it or not and unless you subdue it or discipline it or intentionally maneuver it, it's going to work for you in the negative probably, most likely, uh, until you, uh, you, you get so developed on the word and so used to focusing your imagination and your mind and, and, your, th and, and, and your thoughts on things above. So let me get it over here really quick. So 
if that passage in Matthew where he says, if a woman looks upon a man with lust in her heart, okay, or if a man looks on a, uh, a, a woman with lust in his heart, Jesus said, I'll, I'll condemn that imagination the same way, judge it as sin the same way as if you did it physically. Now, most people won't do it physically until they have conceived it in their imagination. So this is why you want to stay away from images that are seeding, come on, your imagination to devise evil. Because eventually, if you were to not self-correct that or contradict it with something that, of the truth or of the light, then the, the devising or the division of the plans in your heart will lead to a physical manifestation. So that's one side. The other side is it, uh, to it is, is this. If he considers that imagination uh, just as real and judgeable as a physical act, what about the imagination in the other way? You say, well, you know, I saw in a dream or I saw, um, you know, in my mind's eye, they say. Well, what you're saying is you saw it in your imagination. I had this encounter. I was praying for somebody or I saw an angel or I received a word of the Lord or however you want to, you know, fill in that space there. If he considers this as real and judgeable, is not this just as real and judgeable? Let's say that during a time of intercession. Now, this is very, if you're a believer, uh, worship, worship or intercession is probably the two easiest ways to shift over into the realm of the, of the spirit. But let's say you're praying for someone and in the eye, your mind's eye, which is the eye of the spirit, by the, by the way, you are seeing somebody. You may not know their name but you're seeing somebody. Maybe, maybe you get their name by the word of knowledge and you're praying this out. You're in your prayer space, your, your, your prayer closet, your prayer chair. Uh, you're at a church or a service or a meeting or whatever. And you are seeing something that was unseen previously. There's somebody there. You don't know who they are. Maybe you get a name again by word of knowledge. You start to get specifics. Why? Because the word of the Lord or the unction of the Holy Spirit is now what? Framing or uh, putting pictures to the unction and you're praying and you're just going with that and you're praying with that and uh, you're praying for that person and you're decreeing and you're declaring and you're interceding and you're um, petitioning the Lord based on the unction. All this is flowing by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, coming out of your spirit, by the Holy Spirit, by Zoe, by unction. Is that not real? Because you aren't literally in front of this person. You weren't just standing there. You weren't literally. I mean, did it really happen? Did it really happen? Did you really see that person? Yeah, you saw it. How do you know you saw it? <laughs> well, because you saw it. <laughs> is that not real? What happened right right there? Is that is that scenario judgeable as a righteous act? Is that scenario judgeable? as obedience to pray for somebody just as judgeable as the other scenario where you envision yourself with evil intent or lustful desire towards somebody, uh, whether they're the same sex or opposite sex or whatever. Do you understand how he considers this is how powerful this is friend. He considers the conception, the visualization and the acting upon just as real, just as judgeable, and either commendable unto righteousness or condemnable unto sin and death.
This is why you want to make sure your imagination is going in the right direction, friend. You're going to have to arrest it. Hallelujah. Subdue it. Don't, don't, don't just let it float out there for the devil to usurp it and utilize it to devise evil, friend. All right, we're out of time on the podcast, but I want to say thank you so much for hanging with me and staying tuned. I, I don't know about you, but there's some great, great things here. And um, stay, stay hooked with the word. Listen, let me tell you this one more time. If you are somewhere in your imagination and you cannot locate the Lord, remember, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Uh, if you are somewhere in a dark space and you cannot locate the light of the word, you are somewhere you don't need to be, friend. Now, listen, Jesus, uh, sometimes you'll go through the valley of the shadow of death, but notice what the Bible says. He's right there. Don't ever go anywhere in your imagination that he is not there. He is just literally, you're one with him. He's one with you. And if he leads you somewhere, that's totally different. Uh, Several, I I, I don't have time to, to just thoroughly substantiate that. But if he leads you, that's totally different. But if you're somewhere and you suddenly are aware that, wow, you're somewhere maybe you don't need to be, uh, get out of there. How do you get out of there? Get, get word on it. Look to the light. Call on the Holy Spirit. Uh, cry out to the Lord. But I'm telling you, get out of that space, friend. Do not hang out in dark spaces in your imagination. It's the gateway to the spiritual realm. Don't let the enemy usurp what a powerful gift God has given you. Listen, there's so many other things that you would rather be saying. I didn't get to Habakkuk today, but that'll give me another podcast. Phenomenal stuff there. So come back and join me next week, friends, as we get into Habakkuk, the book of Habakkuk, uh, chapter two, it'll be phenomenal. All right. So if you need prayer, hallelujah. Uh, Or I'm telling you, your mind's been overrun with garbage. And you'd just like somebody to come in and just agree with you for a flooding of light. Hallelujah. We'd be happy to do that. Or call call one of your friends. Call somebody close to you. Come on, don't continue to stay in dark places in your mind. Tell the, tell the devil, no, no, no. I'm evicting you right now. You're not going to utilize my imagination anymore to devise this garbage. Hallelujah. But you can call us 870-741-9099. Uh, you can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv. There's a prayer form right there. Maybe you'd rather do it like that. Um, or you can send us a letter, P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. Of course, that's not near as fast to get a reply back from us from. But anyways, um, also want to say thank you to those who have b- believed in the podcast. You've prayed for us. You've hooked together with us concerning what the Lord is doing through this and in to the future, I want to say thank you so much. If you financially have contrib- contributed, thank you. Hallelujah. If you'd like to participate like that, several ways you can do that. If you are in the United States, you can text to give 84321. That's 84321. Follow the prompts. You can go to the website, greatcitychurch.tv forward slash give. You can do that way, or you can write a check, make it out to Grace City Church, send it to P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 7260. All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me. Tune in next week as we get into this a little bit further. And until then, be blessed.